Welcome to It's Not Academic, the podcast. I'm Rosanna Tambury. Two years ago, Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission issued 94 calls to action, or recommendations, urging all levels of government to implement policies to acknowledge and redress the harm caused by residential schools to Indigenous people. Several of the recommendations urge governments, schools, and post-secondary institutions to incorporate Indigenous knowledge into the classroom and to make instruction of residential schools, treaties, and Indigenous peoples' contribution to Canada a mandatory part of the curriculum. Several institutions have heeded the call. But Confederation College, which is based in Thunder Bay, was way ahead. It's been working since 2007 to embed Indigenous content into its programs through what it calls Indigenous Learning Outcomes. The Indigenous Learning Outcomes were created to help students foster an understanding of Indigenous culture and worldview. About 95% of Confederation's programs include two or more Indigenous Learning Outcomes, and the College's goal is to have all programs do so. Today we're joined by Brenda Small, Vice President of Confederation's Centre for Policy and Research in Indigenous Learning, to discuss Indigenous Learning Outcomes, how they're being implemented at Confederation, and their role in the process of reconciliation. So welcome and thank you very much for being here and talking to us. To most of us in higher education, when we think of learning outcomes, we think of skills, critical thinking skills, problem solving skills, those types of things. What do learning outcomes mean in the Indigenous context? I think they mean the same thing because we're actually uh, engaged in providing learners at Confederation College with Indigenous knowledge, um, which translates into an understanding of the substantive aspects of Indigenous knowledge, and then the ability to utilize that knowledge in such a way as one would learn critical thinking skills, that one learns to be analytical, able to articulate an analysis of particular ways of being, ways of seeing the world, and the skills then translate from that knowledge into how people do their work, how they navigate systems, how they compare and contrast, let's say a Euro-Canadian worldview with that of an Indigenous worldview. So when a student or a learner is able to do that, we say that that analytical skill or that ability helps that learner become a better informed and global citizen. And these would apply to non-Indigenous learners as well as Indigenous learners? Absolutely. The reason why we want the Indigenous knowledge to be shared across the learning institution is because we believe working in Canada and being Indigenous people to Canada that we have a wealth of knowledge, experience, and um, analytical abilities and um, uh, applied learning that we can share with other learners and with Canadians in general. And oftentimes our experience, our worldview, and our knowledge has been ignored in the Canadian public school system. So this is an opportunity for us at a college level to begin to introduce that knowledge and that worldview, that experience, and to translate that knowledge into skills that are shared across the board because we believe it's valuable knowledge and that we come from ancestors who had this knowledge that has previously not been considered acceptable or has been largely ignored or removed from the Canadian cultural landscape. 
How long has Confederation been working on developing Indigenous learning outcomes? We started the work in 2007, and we worked with the Indigenous People's Education Circle at our college, which is called Niganiwin Council. Niganiwin is an Ojibwe word or a Nishnabe word that means to lead the way. And so our council has advised us and worked with us as faculty, administrators, and learners to understand seven approaches to Indigenous learning that we've um, started to call our Indigenous learning outcomes from that time and um, began to launch those college-wide in 2010. So now it's um, 2017, so we've been attempting to do this for quite a while. More recently, we've heard about schools indigenizing their curriculums. Does, how does this tie in to having Indigenous learning outcomes? Does it? Is, are the two in any way related? Well, first of all, from, from my perspective as a person working inside the college system and having been an educator in Indigenous studies for a number of years, uh, the term indigenizing is not one that I choose to use. Indigenizing suggests that you take something and you make it Indigenous. Um, and what I would prefer is that we're starting from an Indigenous knowledge system. And we're bringing that Indigenous knowledge system into the mainstream learning environment. And we're actually introducing it on our terms and saying to our colleagues and to administrators and to learners that this is a wealth of knowledge. This is a body of knowledge that has always existed with Indigenous nations. And we're bringing that forward to share with you. We're not going to take something that is commonly taught in the mainstream and say we're going to indigenize it. The root of our knowledge that we're sharing is entirely indigenous rooted. Mm -hmm. Its origins are within the indigenous peoples, nations, and in the indigenous worldviews. So starting from that premise, the view is that our knowledge is as fundamental and as valuable to learning as any other set of knowledges that are reflected in the world. So other cultures, other identities, nations, and, and states bring forward a worldview. We have our own, and we're, we're choosing to roll this out and share it with our colleagues and with learners across the board because we think it has that value, that merit. It merits a place. Can you tell me how, what the reaction has been like at Confederation to the introduction and the development of Indigenous uh, learning outcomes, both uh, by students and the faculty? It's been an interesting um, set of reactions because initially you had folks who might have been really excited at the prospect, but then we, we started having conversations about what this looks like and what it means. There was a degree of discomfort that entered into the conversation. And many non-Indigenous faculty expressed to us that they were uncomfortable, that they might say the wrong thing. And when you delve into that conversation about what does it mean that you're afraid you might say the wrong thing, um, the truth is that people have not been taught this knowledge or this history, or um, people are afraid that they may say the wrong thing and be accused of being someone who's racist. And I think that's the underlying fear that preempts or prevents someone from maybe delving and jumping in with two feet into this particular subject matter. And over time as well, we've had conversations about when someone who's not Indigenous takes 
um, on some indigenous knowledges or practices, they have often been accused of cultural appropriation. Right. So there's that other uh, perspective that also affected our conversations. The good thing about this, um, despite some degree of fear and resistance on the part of faculty, was there was safe space created, so to speak, whereby people started to talk about, okay, how do I do this? And the learning outcomes were designed for these non-Indigenous faculty. They weren't designed for us. And so when I say us, I mean other Indigenous educators in the institution. Students themselves sometimes say, why do I have to learn this? And faculty might say, why do I have to teach this? Because I've only got X number of hours in my program or my course, and I have to teach the fundamentals of my program. And now you're asking me to do this Indigenous stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. And so what we're trying to say to folks is that actually there's a way you can integrate this knowledge. There's a way that you can illustrate in a series of examples that you might give to your learners in the classroom that include a specific Indigenous perspective or example. Even so, in a science class. Even in a science class. Uh, there are many um, books been written by Indigenous uh, folks about um, physics, about uh, the cosmos, about planets and stars and planets and stars also are prevalent in our traditional stories and uh, for example in the area of physics physicists are very attracted to meeting with indigenous elders because they exchange this knowledge about uh, the stars and the planets in the universe and they have um, uh, found some common ground together so there are places and with certain people where the continuities of the knowledge are actually found and people begin to see the validity of that knowledge base and certainly science, math, um, natural science, biology, all of those areas of science, for example, are quite easily um, able to integrate Indigenous content. So how many programs or courses at Confederation now include Indigenous learning outcomes? As of last year, the, the conversation in our community report was that about 95% of the programs had included Indigenous learning outcomes. But on further review through our research office, we found that for many folks that meant one specific learning outcome. And we have seven. So now with our new vice president academic and the president, we've recommitted the institution to integrating all of the seven. Uh, earlier on, when we first launched these in 2010, we said aim for four and work towards the seven. And then we had a series of administrative changes and it was down to two um, outcomes. And I always tease people and say, it's like the Ten Commandments. You can't split them up. Like they all go together. So You can't um, pick and choose? <laughs> exactly. Don't pick and choose because they're all relevant. And the group that put them together thought long and hard about how to do it. Can you tell us what the seven are? off the top of my head. Oh my goodness. It's a test. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I know has to do with relate Indigenous knowledge to your field of study. So that's a nice introductory one because what it suggests that if you are in a nursing program, you will actually be able to say, you know, how do I look at the field of nursing whereby my, my learners and the graduates will eventually work with Indigenous people. In Canada, in many contexts or environments, it could be the hospital, it could be public health, it could be any number of, of environments. So um, if you're talking about building um, a nurse and, uh, and encouraging the nursing profession, 
you want to talk about how your nurse um, graduates from nursing rather um, learn compassion learn how to be inclusive and respectful that they understand that there is an indigenous perspective on science on nutrition and in the north um, in particular some of the elderly patients who are indigenous really want to have traditional food brought to them in the hospital and they believe that there are healing properties in these foods for example so a nurse who will graduate from confederation would be introduced to those concepts of not only the food but natural medicine that oftentimes an elder who's um, trained to do natural medicines um, will come into the class and talk to the nursing students so the the worldview or the cosmology of an indigenous person is really introduced in that first learning outcome so that the nursing class begins to hear that content and ideally when they graduate and become a nurse whether they're situated in Vancouver or in Sioux Lookout they will know something about that indigenous patient when that person arrives so the the other outcomes have to do with um, racism uh, so anti-racism work there's a, an outcome which is the last one is on partnership working with indigenous groups and indigenous peoples there's um, one on how colonialism has impacted indigenous peoples and it's not only indigenous people who have been impacted by Canada's history in colonialism but all Canadians have been affected by colonialism and carry that responsibility or that um, consciousness whether they're aware of it or not of that colonial history in Canada there's another provision on looking at the inclusiveness and diversity questions from an indigenous worldview in our worldview the notion that everything is interconnected that we're part of a whole that in our language we define ourselves as human beings and other people are human beings and animal life and plant life and and water life they all have their own their own ways of being that we're we are saying um, in that particular outcome that it's important for us to understand each other as we build relationships with each other um, one of the things that we're trying to say to folks is that if you're going to integrate the ILOs in your coursework you need to work with the indigenous studies folks at the college to adapt the content so it fits into your program and when people have that conversation that's where uh, the courage that it takes to say I'm scared I might say the wrong thing or tell me how I can best illustrate what this learning outcome could mean to my program I met a gentleman who's um, a teacher a faculty member in civil engineering at the college and he talked about creating a fishing weir and how the fishing weir that he was taught he also spoke with some indigenous people who illustrated to him who taught him about fish that he was able to understand fishing and fish from an indigenous perspective when he was a young man in New Brunswick mm -hmm. so when you think about that there's probably opportunities where Canadians and indigenous people have had conversations that maybe people don't know how that can now translate and help them in their work so we've been around each other, we've had relationships historically, but now we're being asked to actually fine-tune that conversation and have an understanding of how you integrate Indigenous learning outcomes. Could these be also used by other institutions, perhaps even those that are not primarily, in, don't have a, a, a large Indigenous uh, student body? 
In our college, we do have a significant number of Indigenous learners, and it is particularly helpful to try and advance that conversation. But it doesn't mean that if you don't have significant numbers of Indigenous learners that you can't engage in this work, because really it ought to be part of a Canadian conversation and a Canadian education. Recently, we had a, um, a talk at the beginning of our academic year, and I did a presentation with my colleagues at the college, and I said to them, you know, this really is not about me as an Indigenous person. This is about you. This is about you as a Canadian. How does a Canadian, in the days of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, talk about understanding our mutual history? The history was not necessarily beneficial to my people or to my community. However, um, whether or not an, uh, a Canadian has has been aware of colonialism, they, in, in general, Canadians have gained as a result of colonialism. And not to get into the complicated conversation about privilege, and white privilege in particular, Canadians have derived benefits because of our colonial history in this country. And I would like to see Canadians reconcile that history. I don't want Canadians to feel guilty. I don't want any resentments or um, racism and all of those aspects that are negative of our, of our country to permeate this conversation. This is really an educational experience and knowledge that is being shared and ought to be shared with Canadians because we have this history that we can't deny. And at the same time, let's try and utilize it in a way that makes sense for us to all move forward. That's not to say that we don't have egregious examples or uh, painful experiences um, to recount, but we, we, do, we do have a history that we need to delve into. What role do you see learning outcomes playing in that process, in that reconciliation process? Well, for many of us, I think we had the same education for the elementary and secondary school periods. We all learned about the French and English exploration and settlement of Canada, and very few occasions did we hear about Indigenous leaders of the day and, and the kinds of things that Indigenous people did to contribute to the country. Um, in terms of where we're going, I think that our our future as a country really requires us to to have this knowledge base to be able to do this work as we go forward. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on our SoundCloud page.